Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Are you ready? What's, uh, how does that song even go? Besides saying Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Does the things a spider, a spider can. can. Okay, that's what it is. I, I like, don't remember what comes after that. By the way, I did you know. notice? Okay, we're just starting the show. I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan, I guess. Well, this is a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men, but this week we watched Spider-Man, so... Whatever. All bets are off. Well, <laughs> if the X-Men I are mean, in it, we'll watch it, apparently. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures, more than This is the official crossover of X-Men, the animated series, it and Spider-Man, the animated series that were co-current to each other in the That's 90s. That's right. I'm guessing because X-Men, the animated series, was probably more popular than this show was, and that's why they wanted to convince people to check out Spider-Man, was by putting the when X-Men on When did Spider-Man come out? Let's, let's just do a little Wikipedia. Also the 90s, I believe, but that's worth looking up. So while you're while you're looking it up, I want to tell you something I noticed about the Spider-Man theme song, which freaking owns, by the way, like these 90s-ass grunge guitars. Like, oh, yeah. I am loving it. So here's how the theme song goes for Spider-Man, which maybe I'll like find a copy of it and drop it into the pod here. But it's like, but it like starts out the Spider-Man, but it doesn't do like Spider-Man, Spider-Man. And it's not in a major key. It's like, but it's like way cooler. It's like the sickest (laughs) shit ever. It's like as though somebody went to a guitarist and they were like, okay, we need you to make the Spider-Man theme song, which is the corniest (laughs) song in the world, sound sick as fuck. And he's like, okay, I got this. Which is the most 90s thing to happen. Like, it's it's so cool. Really, really long, like, guitar intro that I was, I was like, I don't recognize any of the characters in this. Like, we are clearly starting this show in the middle. This is season two, episode four, by yeah, the way. Yeah, well, okay, so I, we should clarify that this is part of Spider-Man, the animated series, yes. and it's part of a five-part episode, but the X-Men don't come in until... until- the fourth episode yeah, something like that. i don't even remember what happens before this because well, i didn't take the time to watch three context yeah. that it doesn't matter and it's also a children's show so like it ain't that complex yeah like, so okay here's the thing i actually do think that x in the animated series was it, it was first i double checked that that started in 1992 and right. spider-man started in 1994 and it, it was very popular but from what i remember and from what i recall now when I talk to people about these two shows, most people like divert to liking Spider-Man more, really? which is, yeah, that's what, that's how Spider-Man is. People love Spider-Man, Maddie. I know that you and I are only recently on sort of the Spider-Man train. I guess. But like, are we even though? I feel like well, I don't we know are for anyone Spider-Gwen. who watched. Yeah, sure. But I, I don't know anyone who watched this show. 
So clearly we don't know. I have all the same friends. I watched. I actually did watch this show as a kid, which uh, is yeah, funny. I would believe that you watched it. That I makes also sense. had a Spider-Man costume. I was Spider-Man for Halloween one year. It's so funny Spider-Man because Spider-Man is cool. I mean, I get it. Like he was, I mean, he was even in the newspaper back during this time period. Like, well, yeah, but also everywhere. Spider-Man, I don't know. I mean, like we've talked about it on the show where you and I are just kind of like, eh, we could give or take Spider-Man, but it's so funny for me to reflect on because I watched this show. I watched Spider-Man and Friends. I had a Spider-Man costume. I had Spider-Man video games i was really obsessed with venom and carnage i yeah, remember I mean, thinking venom they were is really cool, cool. <laughs> so. i think i think spider-man might have that effect that i that batman does have on me where i'm like uh i could give or take batman himself but like all these other characters that are part of that story are really cool to me so yeah that I makes know. sense and i i also feel like spider-man I mean, he's a kid, like he's a teenager, but he's a kid hero. And I feel like when I was a kid, that was cooler. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's also like, I mean, the only Spider-Man comics I've really read, like, yeah, I read some Spider-Gwen and, and some Miles Morales comics, but mostly I've read the Avengers comics from the 70s and 80s. And Spider-Man in those comics, because he's part of the Avengers sometimes, he's a kid still. And like, that's his whole deal. That's why he's so snarky is because he's yeah. like a child. And so he's like, oh, let me make fun of these adults around me but also like i have superpowers and like i'm suddenly look like an adult and i like have these huge hulking muscles and stuff but like he's still a kid you know and like that's the energy that he has yeah but i think peter parker in this show is like 21 he might but he seems really young still. Well, he, work, he works for the daily bugle and stuff i don't know maybe but maybe he doesn't i think you're right that he's graduated college and he's a photographer and that we're supposed to see him as a young adult but like he still kind of has that energy of being like a little bit impulsive and immature which is partly just yeah. how he's presented and like but that's, that's who, who Parker he is. is and i don't know i i didn't dislike it at all i just was like oh yeah like this is the kind of character that peter parker was presented as in the 90s and I liked that character, but I just was like getting back into the headspace of watching him and being like, oh, yeah, I remember this. This is Peter yeah. Parker. So anyway, there's a sick guitar intro. Um, there's a sick guitar intro. I had a thought that followed up with that, but now it's gone. So, <laughs> well, you know, comes back to you just shout it out at random. I'll just I'll just blurt it out. I'll be like, wait, Spider-Man's in this episode. <laughs> This episode is all about Spider-Man. So I was gonna, oh, I was gonna say that this show actually was designed to be like, okay, so that old seventies Spider-Man cartoon, the one that was, you know, there's the Spider-Man, one, the one that the meme is from, where the two Spider-Mans are pointing at each yeah, other. Then, yes. Yeah, and then eventually they did Spider-Man and Friends, which had Iceman and Starfire, which is really funny that Spider-Man just got paired up with two mutants. Yes. One whom is gay. Yes. Or Star- I call her Starfire. It's like I don't think it's Starfire. Starfire is what's her it's name Starfire's from? Starfire uh, is from DC. Yeah. This is a. Uh, God, Firestar. Firestar. No, I know it's Firestar. I always fuck it up because it's they have the same fucking name. It's just reverse because that's the shit DC and Marvel do with those. Yeah. Anyway, so the, those old cartoons were cheesy as fuck and they did the He-Man, She-Ra thing and lots of other cartoons at the time where it's like there would be a random life lesson in the middle of there and then they would kind of turn to <laughs> the mean, camera and be like... This episode does that too, kind of. I yeah. mean, okay, it's a two-part episode. Well, this show is supposed to be kind of like a recreation of those cartoons, but like good yeah i mean it's like a it skews a little bit older but i did feel like overall the tone of this episode i mean there's definitely like a few times where spider-man turns the camera and he's like remember kids be friends with your friends i kept noticing that like spider-man as a character has so many more monologues like to camera essentially that the x-men never did like the x-men was like a contained story a very political story like they don't break out of that and be like by the way kids eat your vegetables yeah but you have to remember the x-men have like 15 characters that are happening on there are on screen at the same time whereas spider-man's right. a, it, like it's one character and they utilize spider-man because spider-man has always been a character that kids can relate to yes. so they they do that thing where they're they know they're using him as sort of a mascot i think that's i think you're right but i also think it's just a slightly more childish tone to the show like out like the the conflict was really straightforward like it's not like a situation i don't know it didn't it didn't feel like an x-men ts episode to me but that's no, not a bad it didn't. thing at all like, but that's, that's not it, i mean there are parts of it that it does because yes we were like oh this episode is just gonna be silly it's spider-man is meant for children and there's actually it's pretty some dark. pretty heavy politics in here that i was surprised hadn't been touched on in x-men the anime well the series. it kind of <laughs> was like I, in so many ways i was like this feels like a guest tour 
where Spider-Man visits the set of X-Men, the animated series, learns a political lesson and then leaves. Well, I mean, he literally, okay, I guess we'll jump in right here. But before before that, (laughs) I would say that everything about this is gay. Like everything, it's like Spider-Man jumps into the LGBTQ community for these two episodes. That's what it feels like. he's doing it is because it starts out with a doctor telling Spider-Man that he's mutating. And Spider-Man's like, shit, I'm turning gay. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I'm going to go stare at Mary Jane and whack off and like, be like, no, I'm definitely straight. I mean, there's that, but I also kind of read this as like a metaphor for like, oh, straight people can get AIDS. Like a lot of it felt like that to me too, because like Spider-Man is mutating. Yeah, that's a part of it too, but there's like a whole other part of this where people are ashamed of being a mutant where I'm like, okay, that's definitely the gay metaphor right there. So Totally, totally. So the doctor tells Spider-Man he's going to mutate into like something else. I mean, Spider-Man is already sort of arguably mutated because he was bit by a spider, but it's like depends on how you would define that, I guess. But um, this is like this is a common problem within the yeah. X-Men comics is that they're always fighting other characters in the Marvel Universe who have mutated for other reasons. And yes. those and those and it's weird because certain X-Men characters like Xavier, for example, or even Cyclops are both like, yeah, but you weren't born a mutant, so you don't actually know what it's like. And it's yeah. like... It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's I don't know. I have weird. problems with that. Yeah. I, I feel like it's something that probably there could be something interesting there politically, but I do agree. It confuses I think it's similar issue. to when there's certain, cause there are people in the gay community who are like really shitty towards the trans part of the community. Uh, or just like people who misunderstand the trans experience, like, like, um, trans exclusionary radical feminists who will be like, you don't understand what it's like to really be a woman because you haven't been one this whole time. And like, usually the counter argument is like, well, they have, they just weren't allowed to express that, which is like, an even worse way to live. So it's right. I, I mean, but that's that's sort of where Spider Man is at this. He's already mutated. It's not like he's not a mutant. But it's like you there know isn't I mean? really like a good metaphor for this in real life. Like I kept thinking that throughout the episode where I was like, there isn't quite an example. Like I would say maybe disability is a better metaphor for this actually than like queerness or, or race or ethnicity yeah, or something. I mean, because I think there's it's all like different. Suddenly of- he's is experiencing this situation where he's like, I'm going to lose control of my body and I'm really afraid of this and then like he's sort of suddenly stumbles into this other community of people who are like why are you acting like this is so bad like you're gonna be okay like you're gonna figure it out and also you're being kind of a dick about this like you're just kind of you're kind of be a little bitch stop yeah, yeah like maybe fucking chill because there's actually a lot of people who have mutations and they live with them and they excel and like have pretty awesome lives so like maybe don't be an asshole I mean that's that's kind of like Beast's story arc yes very much which I really really loved. I did too I love that there's lots of Beast's I also love that you can the concept that you had for this was that he's going to the set of the X-Men the animated yes, series because because Spider-Man's so. like he's like I'm just gonna swing on by the X-Mansion and this as he's like crazy by the way like, wait no he's like swinging through the forest it's like nice out and then he gets the X-Mansion and it's like dark there's a fence around it there's like thunder or lightning it's like oh now that we're at the x-men it's gonna get dark as fuck yeah and the episode is gonna get fucked up it's gonna get gritty now yeah i know it's funny which really funny so like he's breaking into the x-mansion by the way like i don't know why they just go knock on the door because he 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 literally climbs later on like later on he's like i guess i should have just rung the doorbell and it's like yeah dude yeah no shit i don't know he crawls on top of the mansion and he stands there and then apparently I didn't know the mansion could do this, but a giant claw comes out of the he chimney grabs and grabs him. him and pulls him down into the sub basement, which is like underground. I didn't even know they had that technology, which is I really didn't know funny that to me. Either. And so then Logan stands over him dramatically and is like, Well, what do you know? Pull out flypaper, catch a spider. Okay. This is so funny because all the X-Men show up and it's this is what happens with the X-Men all the time where a new character shows up and they're instantly all ready to fuck whoever that character is. They're so horny for Rogue him. is so horny in this. Like there's two Spider-Man episodes. So this is the first part of a two-parter just as Okay, but aside. so is Wolverine it's and so Jubilee. Is, like, Gambit. Like everybody is like falling over themselves for Spider-Man. Rogue this is like when Iceman showed is. up and everybody was pushing each other out of the way to get an ice get on Iceman's dick. Yeah, Do you remember like, that? Rogue is like 
yelling Spider-Man. So, like, I think she's the only one who actually knows who he is. Storm. No, I think Jubilee screams Spider-Man. And then Rogue says, and then Rogue flies over. She's like, instantly, she's like, My name's the name's Rogue. Rogue, sugar. You, you look kind of like, oh, she says, you look kind of cute in a creepy kind of way. But you ain't going to get any of this pussy. And we're like, <laughs> oh thanks, Rogue. God. And then Logan pushes her out of the way. He's like, he's not going to talk. How about I fuck him in the ass? And it's like, okay, guys. <laughs> Logan and Rogue are like the horniest character of the X-Men. I know. And then Spider-Man is just in the background and he's like, uh, I'm gonna go. So he just like breaks out of the restraints immediately and just starts running. And he makes By the way, ever since, I never realized how sexual it is whenever he shoots his webs at people until yeah, I, I watched it now. And I was like, okay, he's just like shooting spider semen at everybody. everybody. I mean, I always thought it was sexual, which I don't know what that says about me. But anyway, he's shooting jizz uh, yeah, out I of mean, his little I mean, it's white and wrist. sticky. You're right. Yeah, so he shoots jizz at all of the X-Men and then B sets off the mutant alarm the animated series theme song plays there's a few key points where they play the the x-men theme which i thought was fun because obviously it's a crossover so um then spider-man somehow manages to escape or he thinks he does but he's actually just entered the danger room and right also cyclops (laughs) frees everybody because he's the only one that can take off the spider web by shooting everybody and i was like that's crazy it's like the same as like the first x-men movie where cyclops's powers can like shoot off toad's jizz off of everybody like somehow Cyclops yeah. has like jizz destroying powers like, I don't know anyway he does that oh, wait, but I love this danger room scene because okay, they're like I love it because in the background Gambit's like oh so I left the danger room on because I was masturbating in there <laughs> to like some really specific tentacle porn that I have and everybody's like Jesus Christ Gambit and he's like sorry he's just like whoopsie <laughs> sorry I had a bunch of like sentinel porn on in the danger room that I forgot to turn off also he let okay also he's like I just left the Sentinels roaming yeah, around like, the danger room. Gambit, like, what were you doing in there? <laughs> so anyway, he's just alone in there fighting the Sentinels, and then he's like, "Let me leave this on and like go get a snack or something." So anyway, yeah. Peter is getting like railroaded by these six Sentinels or something. The X Men yeah. show up instead of just turning off the danger room. For some reason, they fight the Sentinels for a couple minutes, and then Cyclops turns to Jean and he's like, "Oh, by the way, could you go turn this off?" And Jean is and like, "Jean hey, goes okay. like, wait, I have an idea. How about I turn it off?" And we're like, <laughs> "Oh my, oh, my god." god. Yeah. Okay, but then there's like that really weird line that I well, I don't know what it was originally, but I wrote Spider-Man says, guess the ride's over, and Wolverine says, Not until you've ridden this cock. Yeah, I don't remember when that happens. But then Professor X wheels in and interrupts all of them. And he's, he's like, like what everybody the stop. Fuck is happening right now? Yeah, I mean for once I was on the side with Xavier. So it's like it's which rarely really happens. But he just rolls it and he's like, What the fuck, everyone? And, and Spider-Man like, is like, Oh, you're actually the person that I came to see, and this is around where I start writing down like Spider-Man why the fuck didn't you just ring the doorbell like literally or, like, what call. were you doing like what I don't know but it's really fun. I just imagine that Xavier rolled in and it's just it was just like all the X-Men like naked and fucking Spider-Man and he just like walks in on the X-Men orgy with some new kid and he's, and like, he's what's like what's happening right now and Spider-Man's like oh you're actually the person that I came here to see and Xavier's <laughs> like I don't understand my he's children like, I don't know who the fuck you are yeah. anyway so then flash forward to uh, Xavier's office where all of them are crowded around and Spider-Man has just completed telling this story about how he's mutating and he's like I want a cure and Xavier's like I'm sorry Spider-Man my work is not to cure mutants I built this complex, this school, to train them, to help accept them for who they are. And Spider-Man's like, accept it, but I don't want to be a fucking homo. And Logan's like, watch your mouth, pal. Being a mutant is a gift. And Spider-Man's like, what if the gift turns me into some kind of eight-legged monster? And then Xavier is basically just like, sorry, dude, can't do anything about it. And Spider-Man is like, don't worry about my pain. Worry about yours. If I mutate into a dangerous creature, you have to stop me. And then he opens the window and he jumps out and he's like, it's always the same. I can save the world a billion times, but when I need help, nobody's there to help me. Everybody oh fucking my God. It's sucks. so it's emo. Like it's ridiculous. Like, it's it's like, like now that Spider-Man is here with the X-Men, he also has to be emo. I know. Yeah, like he breaks into the X-Men and he's like... I'm mad. Everybody help me and pay attention to me. And they're like, first of all, who the fuck are you? And second of all, why are you insulting us openly? I don't know. And then Spider-Man like leaps out a window and Jubilee and Logan run after it. Be like, don't leave (laughs) us. And I was like, guys, you're so horny. I know. Everyone here is so horny. Um, And so then Beast comes up to to Logan, who had just like decried Spider-Man as too much of a loner. And Beast is like, that's exactly what you were like when you got here. Remember that? And then Beast... Beast walks out in the rain. And this is a really interesting scene, actually. I really like all the Beast Logan stuff in these episodes, which we're about to get to. So Beast 
starts quoting John Donne, No Man is an Island, classic poem. Right. And Logan is like, look. Which he's done before. Yeah. And Logan's like, look, he ain't even a real mutant. He said it himself. It was an accident. And Beast is like, then perhaps he has the right to seek a cure. There's a man at the Brand Corporation that has been researching mutant genetics. Maybe he can help. And then Beast, on his own, crosses the fence and he's like heading off to fucking leave. I didn't even know they had a fence like that yeah. until right now. And so Logan it's is It's like, like a jail fence. It's I got mean, barbed wire and electric this shit is on just it. the animators of Spider-Man inventing what they think the X-Mansion looks like. like. It's like, not based they're on They're like, anything. the X-Mansion is gritty as fuck. Yes, they make it grittier, which is fair because X-Men TAS is a very gritty show. So. It was. So then Logan is like, come on, Beast, this isn't like you. And Beast is like, and what makes you think you know me so completely? And then yeah, and Logan's just like, what the, like what the fuck is going on? I really liked it, though. <laughs> like, I genuinely liked this scene from Beast, especially after that goofy-ass scene where, like, everybody was being really silly and wacky. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to be like the X-Men at all. But then, but then these two then are this, like, still really being themselves. Scene. Well, okay, the last two seasons of X-Men, the animated series... Arguably three, even when it was during the Dark Phoenix saga, Logan and Beast had clearly started dating at some point. I don't know when this is supposed to fall in relation yeah, to any of that. Yeah, it would have been interesting for us to, to try to figure I think out where it falls. season five somewhere. Or, yeah. I don't know. I can but, try to find or that Or season out. four. But it's like, this whole, this whole arc is like Wolverine and Beast realizing that they're in a real relationship with each other. That's how I translated any of it. Yeah. It's canon now. I, I'm looking up when it aired because I'm Well, I'll curious. keep talking because then then there's like this whole cutscene that is Mark Hamill, by the way, doing the voice of Hobgoblin, oh but I can I only hear the Joker. It was Mark Hamill. That's amazing. Okay. I was, just like, I was just like, okay, hold on. Mark Hamill is here doing the Joker, but on Spider-Man. So actually, this episode aired... At, right after Beyond Good and Evil. Um, so it doesn't really relate to anything. In, when was in Beyond Good and Evil? Which one was that? That's in season four. So that was the that was the four-part apocalypse episode. So oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Right after that aired, in September 1995, this crossover two-parter aired. So that's kind of fun. And then, and then we got right back to X-Men again in December. Okay, so like my timeline was cut, right? I said that it's around the time they started dating, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the next episode after this in X-Men TAS is uh, Have Yourself a Morlock Little Christmas. So that would have been the next thing after this one. Oh, uh, okay. Got it. So that's around the time period that we're in. Um, Logan and Beast are, are very much dating by this point. Their, their relationship oh, they very, is they well very much are. Anyway, Hobgoblin is is Mark Hamill. That's so great. Hobgoblin is such a fucking goofball. I were doing Green Goblin at first, but that's the wrong one. There's oh my god, I can't keep up with like there's too many goblins in the X and the Marvel universe. Yeah, I had to look this up because I'm really not a Spider-Man person, so I had to look up Hobgoblin and be like, what was his deal? He was he's yet another one of the goblins who fights Spider-Man, but he's like a really goofy character. He's a bunch of goblin themed gadgets. I think he's a he's the original one, right? I don't know that he's the first one ever but he's definitely like a really old character. Like he's from like the seventies, you know, like he's one of the original baddies. Yeah. Cause there's, there's hobgoblin. That's like, I think, is he the one that's the father I of he's older than green goblin? Is he? I now I have to well, look green this goblin is. I thought green goblin was Spider-Man's friend. Yeah. Green goblin is from like the very beginning. Okay. Wait, but hobgoblin is not the same. It's not any of the Osborns. This is just somebody right, else. It's entirely. a completely other goblin. Yeah. There's too many fucking goblins. Yep. Goblin the movie. Yeah. So apparently Hobgoblin was introduced at a certain point by Roger Stern in order to just have a replacement for Green Goblin. So he actually came later on. Anyway, back to this. Oh, okay. There's too many goblins. I know, I know. But Spider-Man loves to fight goblins because he hates goblins so much. So Hobgoblin. I mean, honestly, exists. Hob. I don't. I don't know what's happening in the previous three episodes, but I felt like Hobgoblin didn't actually really need to be here he for any so of this. He so doesn't need to be here for any of this. Like he just kind of shows up repeatedly to throw pumpkins around at people, and it's like, okay, get out of the way. It's, like it's. I don't know. This is a really fucking silly couple of episodes, and Hobgoblin is a huge reason why. So Hobgoblin <laughs> and Lance. Landon. So Landon is going to matter. La Herbert Landon is one of the people at the this brand scientist. corporation. He's a he's right. a scientist who worked with Beast years and years ago, and we'll learn more about him later. But so he shows up with a briefcase at a warehouse in the middle of fucking nowhere. Hobgoblin shows up and he's like, hey, 
glad you followed instructions because I wouldn't want to tell Kingpin that you're double crossing him. So I guess Hobgoblin is working with Kingpin. That's how we learned yeah, that. Yeah, and this guy also is not from the comics. Landon, this is he's yeah. made. Yeah, he's made, he's up made up to for be the show. Sort of like a crossover between the X Men world and the Spider Man world. They sort of invented this scientist yeah, exactly. character, and so Landon is like, "Don't do that. I have no choice. I can't let him have my technology." And then Hobgoblin's like, "Spare me the sob story." And Landon pays off Hobgoblin, except later Hobgoblin wants even more money. So like, I don't really fully fucking understand. I, I don't know. There's this a shit. bunch of this, and also L- Leonard is. Oh, that's his name, right? No, Leonard. Herbert. If you're talking about Landon. Landon. Why do you call him Leonard? I'm like, you know, Leonard. <laughs> the the classic X-Men Spider-Man I mean, he's villain. He's not a real Leonard. character, so his name could be Leonard, but it's not. It's Herbert Landon. That's really funny. Okay, so anyway, so they do this whole exchange. He gives them, like, suitcase of money, and then he leaves, and then, like, Herbert Landon is like... He, like, blows up the building that Hobgoblin is in or tries to kill yeah. Hobgoblin. And, he's and just then like, he gets in a car, and he, like, quickly calls Kingpin, and he's like... And, or Kingpin calls him yes. and Kingpin's all like, have you created my super soldiers yet? Or what are the fuck he's talking about yes, here? Yes, yes. He's like, we learn that Landon is supposed to be Landon's creating- like so annoyed yeah. here too. So he's like, I'm trying to work on a Kingpin. Leave me alone. And I was like, I would not talk to Kingpin like that because I don't want to die. Yeah, except that then, okay, so then- I actually am realizing now I don't really understand like why Hobgoblin is there at all. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, what the fuck was Hobgoblin? He probably doing? was involved in some way in the first three episodes, but we didn't watch any of those. Right, so. you're probably right. So I guess it's worth noting that Hobgoblin did escape the exploding building, so he's actually still alive. Yeah, he like stands there and he's like, he says something like, "I'll get you soon." <laughs> And I was yeah. like, instantly, by the way, it's like the building blew up and then he just walks out and he's just standing there and he's like, what? what I mean, what? he has his little purple hoverboard that he uses to fly everywhere. So I guess he just used that. Yeah, that's to like escape, his whole thing. But whatever. Anyway, so back to Kingpin for a second. So Kingpin hangs up the phone and he's like, wow, Landon was really rude about creating my mutant super soldiers. But like, I don't really mind that he was <laughs> what rude. What a thing to say, by the way. Yeah, he's like, I don't really care that he was rude because he's a genius. And so I'm like willing to give him leeway. And he's talking to his uh, one of his henchmen, who's Alistair Smythe. And by the way, it doesn't matter that it's Alistair Smythe. He probably does matter in other Spider-Man episodes. But like, oh, he's a real character. He well, he's a real, a real character. character. He's a real character. And he's probably in the rest of the show. But he doesn't really play a role in this. He's basically just Kingpin's henchman as far as this particular storyline is. Concerned. Well, I know that he becomes ultimate spider slayer. Well, he's an inventor also. Like he, I was waiting for that to come into play, but it actually doesn't. It doesn't, but he is, I mean, in this whole episode, he's in a wheelchair and eventually he gains the ability to walk when he transforms into the ultimate spider slayer character right. and he but like that, that's runs around and shit. Probably happens on the show later, right? Or I don't know. I didn't watch I have no the idea. show. I kind of, I honestly, I kind of watch, want to watch it completely you now. May as well. I mean, it seems kind of fun. I don't know. I liked these episodes. So I was like, this same, be same. A fun, I mean, a at some show. point it had some sort of meaning to me i don't know yeah anyway then we go into the woods and this is like when we're back in the x-men universe and we this is fucked up no wait you skipped a scene you skipped a scene we got to go to the brand corporation real quick oh you're right so we go to the brand corporation i literally wrote one note that says fancy man is experimenting experimenting on dna or something i clearly didn't care yeah i mean it's not it's just worth noting that there's a plot element that's going to matter here which is that this woman welcomes him she's the secretary character i don't i i'm trying to remember what her name is it's Genevieve or something. She's yeah, going like, to matter later. That. So she's kind of introduced here and she's like, everything's ready for your press conference and you're going to announce everything to the world, but are you sure you want to do that? And Landon is like, I want to delay it, but my chief investor needs reassurance who is Kingpin, basically. And so he's like, I need to right. big, give a big presentation about all of my findings about mutants and my real work won't be done until I perform one more test. And we don't know what the test is or what his real work actually is. So then we go no. to Hank leaping through the woods. Classic X-Men yeah, I don't know moment. where they are. They're just in They're the middle in the of the woods, woods outside the X-Mansion. And let's, yeah, he finds Spider-Man. Yeah, They approach each other and Beast is like, hey, I just want to chat. And Spider-Man's like, I've heard all I want to hear from you ex-people. Excuse he me, princess. He's meanie. Like, what the fuck, dude? And then he flies away. And then basically land, uh, Beast comes over and tells Spider-Man about Landon, yes. Professor Landon. He's like, oh, this guy's been doing research on your particular case of mutation. Yes. He could probably, maybe he can reverse it. Why don't you go talk to him? He will be presenting at some scientific convention tomorrow. Yeah. I know, Beast, like, it's Beast. It was, like, way longer than that. Yeah, and then suddenly, like, a bunch of guys are in the bushes with night vision goggles, and they're like, hey, this is so fucked, though. mutants that we're gonna fucking kill. <laughs> I know, it's, like, it's so fucked up. Yeah. And they're just kind of sitting there waiting. And then Spider-Man's like, why are you tra- going out of your way to help me? And Beast is like, 
No one can turn their back on another's pain. I may be a mutant, but I'm still human. And then Spider-Man goes, that's where we're different because I'm not sure I am. And I was like, oh my God, dude. Like, yeah, but like I didn't know if he meant like if he's a mutant or human. It sounds like Spider-Man doesn't know either. Yeah. And then Spider-Man runs away. Beast is like, well, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of liked it though. I was like, I like uh, Beast in this episode a lot. Me too. By the way, the guys who are spying on them, I forgot this line, but it's like definitely a gay metaphor. So I'm going to read it. Yeah. So like, the one of the guys says, I knew if we watched Xavier's property long enough, we'd spy a mutant because he's the world's top mutie lover, which is like oh, one yeah. of those classic Chris Claremont phrases that he introduced in like the 70s, which is weird to see a show in the 90s be like, yeah, mutie, mutie lovers and like that concept. But it's it's like pretty clearly supposed to be a metaphor for like a variety of, of forms of bigotry. It's like it's like, oh, if you like, yeah, it's, a, it's like, like, oh, mutants, you love you're probably a mutant. Like it's very it's yeah. there's a lot of that here so then all of these henchmen suddenly pop out of the bushes and shoot hank with like a billion lasers he dodges some of them but not all of them and then there's like a big fight scene beast gets encased in a net that is like blue and electronic in some way and like electrocuting him and then that's that's it and i was like i felt bad because i feel like i had this realization that this happens to beast a lot on all the shows that we're gonna watch because he's the i mean like nightcrawler him and nightcrawler were originally before the more recent runs of the X-Men where there's so many characters that don't look human at all. Yes. I mean, these two characters were ver- like... They don't look human. Yeah, and it's like, that's what Spider-Man is describing being so afraid of, is like turning there's, into There's a like spider. a whole episode of X-Men Evolution where somebody kidnaps Beast and like, look, we've caught Bigfoot, let's kill him. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Anyway, so this is unfortunately that Beast is getting kidnapped again. Right. Um, I do like his storyline a lot, though, as we get through it. I do, too. Um, so meanwhile, Spider-Man has to fucking go to Mary Jane's house and be he's a like outside. Weirdo. Just I, a he's weirdo. doing that thing that oh god, that whole thing. It reminds me of what it was. It Superman Returns. Yeah. Was it the one that where he goes the one to that Brian Singer and like just floats outside and looks at her through the walls? Fucking I was like, weird. which I'm like, okay, thanks. This is clearly made by Brian Singer, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah. This is weird too. Like Mary Jane is just inside reading a book, doesn't know Peter's out there, and he's just sitting in a tree staring at her. Like it's like too masturbating. Bad. Like I don't know. I can never be with her again. This this again felt like a weird like I'm straight but I have AIDS metaphor, which maybe I'm reading too much into it. But let me read what Peter says here. He says. Mary Jane, why do I torture myself with thoughts of us being together? Why would you want to be with a mutated thing like me? I should just leave and spare everybody the pain. And I was just like, why can't she be with you, dude? Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you're not. Maybe this could also still be like a coming to realize that you're gay metaphor where it's like, or like you've been queer dating a girl. in some way and be like, yeah, like what if she finds out I'm bisexual? Won't, won't she be disgusted well, by that or something? I, it's like, I, I remember being a teenager and like it was a lot more in the closet back then so we couldn't be as open about it but i know even now it's like we battle with the concept of coming out and yeah and especially as a teenager and it's like if you've been dating this girl for a long time who you do legitimately love at that point but then you're like hey i like men you know like yeah like i don't know i read it that way but i like your metaphor i mean i think either of them could work there's sort of a few things going on in this episode so then he goes back to his house he there's like a really quick shot where he's like talking into a bedroom at aunt may who we don't see so maybe she's asleep and is like apologizing to her but it goes by really fucking fast because then we get an uncle ben flashback really quick (laughs) i think this is just how the show was was honestly fast i was like jesus all right we are cooking and also he's he's just decided that he has to leave everyone he loves he's like i can never talk to anyone again because i'm gonna turn into an eight-legged spider mutant he's like i can't talk to any of my friends or family again because i'm gay and they're just gonna kill me anyway yeah. and it's like i don't make that but then he has this like memory of him and uncle ben fishing yeah. and uncle ben essentially says you can do anything as long as you believe in yourself and spider turns <laughs> to the camera and he's like yeah. you were right uncle ben i gotta keep fighting and it was like it was so dokey. corny and it was like the kind of thing that would have never happened on x-men the enemy series well like, that's why these two shows were different i know so then it goes back to the blackbird which is like upside down okay, for some reason also i don't hilarious. know it's like cyclops is like doing 
barrel rolls with Jubilee just in the ship being like, why the fuck are we doing this? And Cyclops and is Jubilee, like, it's like Wee! not even Jubilee. Yeah, I know. I don't so know. And then this whole scene is where the gayness really starts know, coming up because Wolverine just calls it. He's freaking out. He's like, have either of you seen Beast? I went to his bed, but Beast wasn't there. And I was like, I was like, hold on. Wolverine just straight up say he went to Beast's bed yeah. and Beast wasn't there. Because that means they're fucking. Logan being like, I woke up and he wasn't in bed with me. By which I mean, I went to Beast's bedroom separately from my bedroom and checked it. And he wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. and like, the bed Dude. was empty this morning. Like, that's literally what he said. He's like, it looks like he didn't sleep there. And it's like, okay, Logan, why do you know where Beast is at all times? Is it because you're sharing a bed? Uh, yeah, exactly. And so and it's Cyclops like, and Jubilee are like, did you look in his lab? And Logan's like, of course I fucking looked in his lab. Like, do you think I don't even know the guy? And then he just hangs up. And then, like, and then like, Jubilee and Cyclops look at each other. They're like, okay, they're dating. And then Jean <laughs> walks into the room that Wolverine said. She's like, um, you seem overly worried about Hank. Why? Aren't I good enough for you? And we're like, Jean, no. And Logan is just like, he's been acting weird lately. He's usually solid as a rock. Solid like a rock. And I was like, yeah. Okay. It's like, he's basically like, okay, lately Beast has been flaccid and I don't know why. Yeah, he's just not interested in me anymore. Oh my God. And then Jean says, that's the side he chooses to show us, but we all have our own private pain. You of all people should know that, Logan. Yeah. And Logan just stands up and walks away without saying anything to her, which I kind of liked. I was like, yeah, I, did too. I don't really. I mean, at this point, Logan's over Jean because Jean spent the first three seasons of X Men and in the series being like running over to him. This like, is wanting also him, like season four, Jean. Falling onto him like for the first three seasons being like oh Logan oh no oh oh, shit I have to go Cyclops is waiting for me and like Logan's like I'm dating somebody else because like you kept on doing this shit stop doing this and also like this is season four Gene so it's like the worst Gene like this is probably more lines on Spider-Man than she ever got an X-Men during this time period (laughs) like this is the fact that she's even in the episode is like shocking like this was the time period where Gene didn't even fucking exist so anyway Logan goes outside he sniffs around he finds Beast and Spider-Man's tracks and also a bunch of guys I never smelled before. A stinking trap. That punk's gonna pay big time. So he's like, I'm gonna fucking Yeah, he kill just assumes Spider-Man, that Spider-Man did it. Which yeah. is fair, kind of, because Spider-Man was sort of a dick when he showed up there. So, like, I kind of get why they're so suspicious of him. Also, Logan is like, don't take my boyfriend. Yes, you know. he's gotta save his boy. Right. So then we go to the press conference. And Genevieve is here talking okay, to you. Okay, it's actually not Genevieve. I looked at it's this not? twice because I was like, why did they animate two Two different blonde women with short hair, but it's a different oh my blonde woman named That's Cecily. Also a mu- she's not a mutant. She never shows up again. She's only in this okay. one scene, and she just hates mutants for no reason. So I she's know she's just, just standing like, there. Hey, I'm a fucking bitch, and I can't believe how much I hate mutants. <laughs> and she well, she says, calls them. She muties. says you don't think they're gonna let any of those muties into this presentation, right? I don't want to be in a thousand miles of those freaks. And Peter Parker's like, Wow, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And like, the woman goes, she's like, oh, You're a beauty lover and I was like whoa okay and then Peter walks off and sits by himself I think this is heavy handed because it's trying to show Peter a lesson and also like the kids watching a lesson so it's like hey it's actually bad if you hate people who were born different than you like maybe don't do that good for you Spider-Man and so then Peter goes and sits by himself in the audience he doesn't sit with Cecily because she's like a crazy bigot so he doesn't hang out with her anymore and she's never in the rest of the show (laughs) so then Landon comes out a bunch of people clap and he's like Cecily this really long monologue about mutants and how DNA exists, blah, blah. It's pretty boring and not even really worth going over it. So then Hobgoblin suddenly shows up here when it with his hoverboard and starts like attacking Landon for some reason, which maybe because Landon tried to yeah. kill him. Is that uh, why? I, I mean, guess so. Because at this point, Hobgoblin keeps flying in and throwing his little pumpkin bombs over it. Like, it's just, a bunch of pumpkins like at everyone. Everyone screams. It's very like Batman, like. I would say Batman yes. and Robin the movie where it's like da 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 and then some wacky like character flies in and everyone just starts like screaming and running into walls and shit like that's what it's yeah it's wild and so then the ceiling is collapsing <laughs> yeah, because yeah. like Hobgoblin was throwing grenades at but it, like I guess. flying around that and Spider-Man is like using some webs to contain the yeah. ceiling and then this other blonde woman who I thought was the same woman but isn't this is because Genevieve this again. episode isn't quite as well written as it could be but um, it's Genevieve this time so she sees Spider-Man helping out Landon runs away Genevieve is like we have to help him he risked his life to save you about right. Spider-Man and Landon is like I don't really give a fuck and he just runs <laughs> yeah. away Genevieve looks at Spider-Man and we don't know what any of this means yet but we see the ceiling like sort of glowing yeah. a little bit or it, I think it's just supposed to be that Spider-Man senses that something is, is well, different 
right, because I remember I was watching sort of the psychic powers in the show, and we always get to see that, right. but it's not like what people don't understand. It's not like kids, like I think kids watching this would understand there's not actually a gene, like a laser shooting out of Gene's head. That's just supposed to be like an right. astral image. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And this is a similar vibe where, like, I mean, I guess spoilers, but like in the second episode at the end of it, it's going to be revealed that it's Genevieve and she's telekinetic. But like when I was first watching this, I, I no didn't idea. either. I thought it was just like not going to be explained because it, it goes. To, I was either. like, it was not explained in this episode. And then sort of the way she was acting in the next episode, it was kind of like, oh, this might be her. Honestly, I th- I didn't put it together at all until it was revealed, which I thought was actually good writing and interesting. It was good writing, but I was picking up on it by the second episode of this because I was standing there being like, I was like, she seems like she's really confused about her stance on mutants. And I was like, I bet she's a mutant. Yeah, I mean, I liked all of that for her. But for this particular moment, I thought that maybe the X-Men would have showed up to help Spider-Man and that that was going to be the reveal that like it was Jean Grey holding up the ceiling. No, I, that's what I thought it was but too, it but isn't. it was and so Spider-Man notices it and he's like, something held up the ceiling long enough for me to get away. But what? Oh, Fuck well, it. I wonder why Hobgoblin is after Landon. Guess Hobgoblin is going to chase Landon all the way to the brand corporation. So I'm going to go there, too, just to, like, check out what's going on. So then we go to the brand corporation, except this time we go inside and we see Beast is in in a cage that is covered in like blue bars that are glowing electricity electricity and so then Landon walks in and Beast has flung himself against the bars and he hurt himself and Landon is like I wouldn't try that again we're increasing the voltage now and Beast is like Landon what's the meaning of this and Landon's like don't you remember when we worked together all those years ago Dr. Hank McCoy remember how eager you were to find a cure for your growing mutancy so eager that you risked destroying yourself in the process and Hank is like that was a lifetime ago i've changed a great deal since then and landon's like obviously you're one of them now you've changed all right but i haven't i intend to use the research you began to destroy all mutants and hank is like herbert this is genocide you can't be serious and then herbert landon walks over to this huge metal vault that's like full of this boiling yellow liquid yeah and then he's like this chemical is designed by me to reduce the physioelectric energy of mutant DNA, unraveling it into nothingness. It's basically like the Joker chemicals. But it will kill any mutant that gets dropped into them instantly, I think. And um, that's pretty fucking scary. That is really scary. I'm going to dangle this cage with Beast in it over this chemical vat and dramatically lower you into it over the course of like Two episodes? I know. I was like... Okay, dude, you're planning to work because you didn't do it. Like, it's like when the Joker just fucks with Batman for a really long time. And it's like, he's like, I'm going to kill you, Batman, very slowly. Now I'm going to stop and tell you a joke. Now I'm going to fuck with you. Uh, Now I'm actually going to kill you because I need you. But now I am going to kill you. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, that kind of works for Joker and Batman because, like, that's who Joker is. But for this, it doesn't really work because Landon just hates mutants. Full stop. But I think Landon's thing isn't ready. I think he's not sure it will work yet so he wants to wait until it's completed because in the next episode at some point he goes it's finally ready now we can drop him in and which he still does it very slowly then too Mm -hmm. but whatever but by that point the x-men are there to like help out but so landon the point of this scene is that landon is like the truth is i couldn't have done it without the research you started to prevent yourself from turning into a hairy animal and then he starts laughing and beast just looks really sad which this whole plot line I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. Like, I, I feel like we've kind of seen some hints of Beast's past on X-Men TAS where, like, he hated himself. He hated what he was becoming. He, like, has all yeah. these mental health issues surrounding it and just in general anyway. And, like, he's a scientist. And so he tries to develop, like, these ways to heal himself, which is then really sad because later he's like, I actually love who I am. I love how I look. And I love the person that I am. And I'm going to be right. proud of this and, like, still be a scientist, still be, like, into the shit that I'm into. I'm just also like a big hairy dude whatever and like i love that so much for him but it's really sad for him to be haunted by his own research in this way that's like getting co-opted by this guy who's like i'm gonna fucking kill everybody with your research like that's so fucked but it's like interesting and it's like a good storyline i don't know i was like i, I think it is i think it's interesting like, it's too interesting. we don't know what's gonna well we do know what's gonna happen i but mean we know that this guy's gonna imagine die, doing something that you did yeah that was okay imagine if you did something that you when you hated yourself so much right. when you were like 13 or something you're like well 
I don't like I'm gay, but I don't want to be gay. Right. So I'm going to do so this gonna, thing like, to like fuck the community yeah. so bad. And then like and then years later, like, God, I wish I hadn't done that because I'm so much happier that I've accepted myself. Right. I, I mean, I didn't do anything like that. So like, I don't really know I mean, a way to relate like, to the it. The equivalent but, would be if either of us were like really good scientific researchers and like had devoted ourselves to that and just being like, how do we find the gay gene? And can it be like eliminated? Like if we had yeah. just like devoted our life, that's essentially what Hank mccoy did and like that's right and now he regrets it so much and is like wow i can't believe that that's something i used to do but he's also like trying to help spider-man on some level by being like listen like i did actually try to eliminate the mutant gene at one time like he doesn't admit it to spider-man in that scene we don't find it out until this scene he's just like i know that herbert landon has some research on this topic right who's to say how he got it but it exists. And then like the reveal is that Hank himself developed some of it. And like, right. that's, I don't know. It's that's sad fucked. and interesting. It's, it's an interesting backstory for him here. I agree. And I mean, it's, I mean, it is scary and fucked up. Yeah. Because now this guy is going to fucking use beast research to kill all mutants everywhere, which is like terrifying. So that that's is terrifying. Um, anyway, we're almost at the end of the episode. So we go back to Spider-Man who's hanging out outside the brand corporation, like warehouses and he right. senses danger and it's hobgoblin. And then Spider-Man like shoots a web at him. I know trips hobgoblin on his little floaty thing. And then I don't even know why. So hobgoblin is fucking here, but like whatever. And then Spider-Man's just like hobgoblin. What the fuck are you even doing? Hobgoblin's like, I don't want to kill Landon because he's paying me. Yeah, so then why are you here, though? Like, what are you doing? Because the Hobgoblin's also trying to kill Landon. And I'm like, I don't know. I I truly can't. It's all interrupted because Wolverine shows up and he's like, Where's Beast? Like, in the middle of all this. And Spider Man's like, Dude, what? This is not the time. And so Spider Man just like pushes Wolverine (laughs) away. And Wolverine's like, No. Don't ignore me. And he throws a trash can. And they immediately start rolling around in the way that Wolverine does, where it's like, Okay, now they're just fucking in the alley. And the Hobgoblin's just floating there being like, (laughs) Hobgoblin's like, Well, if they're going to be on the ground fucking it anyway, I may as well just kill them, which is like, (laughs) What? It's like throws a bomb at them and then like it goes at them in slow motion and it says to be continued. It was like, what is this? It's so funny though. I don't know. I I mean I really enjoyed watching the episode, honestly. Like I was I was on board for all of it. I I don't know if we should still rate the episode. I guess we can. I mean I mean I think it's like about I don't know. I'd like, give it like a three. I don't know. Yeah, I I'd give it, was it a really three out of five. I think the second half is stronger than this yes. half. I feel like the parts of it that I didn't like were just the fact that the X-Men weren't quite in character. I would say Beast and Logan are written really, really well. Like, I felt like everything they did and said... I mean, whoever wrote this ships Beast and Wolverine, clearly. I liked that. I liked the metaphors in here. I liked that we were getting, like, some queer metaphors and some, like, bigotry metaphors in a Spider-Man episode, which, for all I know, they do that every week. I don't watch this show. But I was definitely like... this is a really watered down version of like don't be a bigot like for kids but i liked it and i was like yeah this is yeah. Like, good for for explaining some really complicated issues to children hobgoblin doesn't fucking need to be there as part of why i docked a couple points off because i'm like i don't know why this character is even in this fucking episode i think well i don't i wouldn't dock off points for that because it's i so think he's just there though. to do that thing that like x-men the animated series does where there's just a really dark story going on they're like, like hold on let's just water this down yeah and then like somebody stupid like floats and i was like what what i'm here it's like apocalypse is like gonna kill everybody but then i don't know like Mr. Sinister shows up and he's like, here's all my gay boys. And they start like singing. I don't know. None of that actually happened. I just made that all up. So I think all of that happened in every single episode in our dreams. Yeah, well, that's a good Do you remember that time I messaged you about Mr. Sinister? And I would go, Maddie, can we make a video for the Mutant Ages channel that's just Mr. Sinister on a boat and he's singing a song and like the nasty boys show up and they're like the Backstreet Boys. And you're like, what? <laughs> And then you're like, out of like, there's also gonna be two Mr. Sinisters, and we're gonna have Jean Grey there. It's gonna be on Jean and Scott's boat, but boat, and then Madeline Pryor shows up. And you're like, honestly, why don't we make this? I feel like that's I what know, I said at I the s- time. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do: when COVID is over, we will have thousands and thousands of dollars on Patreon by this point, obviously. So we will buy a yacht. Obviously, that's easy peasy. Yeah. I'll be Miss Sinister. You'll be Mr. Sinister. We're gonna cross cut between the two of us. It's gonna be epic. It's gonna be the greatest music video of all right. time. Don't ask me who's gonna cosplay the nasty boys will figure that out later yeah. it's gonna be a great music video i'll have to the write a song i guess nasty boys <laughs> or right, anyway 
So Why did we anyway, get on this topic? Because we were talking so, about, I, I was trying to come up with a comical thing that happened Hobgoblin. with X-Men. You were comparing Hobgoblin to Mr. Sinister, which I which don't was know like, Hobgoblin That is. doesn't even work because the, the example I used was not something that happened, which then turned into me talking about that idea I had, where it's kind of like, I get clearly, what you're saying, though. Like, yeah. Hobgoblin is the goofy villain as compared to Landon, who's the actually fucking terrifying Yeah, because they, they did do that a lot on X-Men, the animated series. Right. It'd be like one terrifying villain, and they... Or they would have one terrifying villain and then the characters would like have this dark moment, but then Wolverine would say some like silly, ridiculous line. And right. that's kind of like. Which they have a little bit of that here. I mean, it, I don't know. It was definitely like fun. Well, I to mean, hear. I, liked, I liked all of Gambit's lines that okay, happened in both we didn't episodes. Even talk about Gambit's lines. Gambit's lines are insane. Like, he's just like, background he's like, is just like, I like cards. I love them. <laughs> have you guys seen my cool he's cards? Like, like, he's like, he's like, he's like, there's no good fortune in your card reading. And he throws that. He, and he throws like, a card and then he like takes another card he's like joker's wild bitch and then like throws a joker <laughs> and, like takes out a two of spades and he's like spades are a weapon i don't know it's like every single thing he says in both of these two episodes which i i don't even remember which ones he says each thing in because i didn't yeah. write them all down but he just says stupid card puns it's basically like whoever wrote these episodes knew just enough about x in the animated series that they like knew how beast talked they knew he needed to quote poetry they knew he needed to be like a serious character but, but like, they also Understood. Really I think they must have known Beast and, they and Wolverine. Logan. Like they understood what kind of character Wolverine is. But then everybody else, like Rogue is just like one note horny lady. And Cyclops <laughs> is just like flying the Blackbird around with Jubilee in it. Like he's like, I don't know, adventures in babysitting or something. Like that whole plot line, I was like, <laughs> they would never do this. And then like Gambit's in the background, like, I am card guy. I have cards. And it's like, what is, <laughs> what, is what the fuck is any of this? Xavier was pretty good. I guess I can give Xavier credit. I think as they well. were like mostly in character, but I think what happened is that they didn't want to dedicate that much time to all these characters that they had to inter- quickly introduce and be like because you have to imagine that this that a kid was watching this and they had not watched X-Men and so right. they're watching this and they're suddenly introduced to seven characters I and they're know, like, and it's like who, who the, the fuck, fuck are, are they? these people and so really they only have time for Beast and Logan which is a good choice I mean right I think so but in the meantime they try and get like their basics of their character traits across to them really quickly so we mm-hmm. know who the fuck they are but uh, it happens in that kind of way that a lot of those 80s shows that would happen, you know, it's like, I think about Mask a lot. Yes, or G.I. Joe or whatever. Yeah, it's or... like, it's like here's your one note character thing that's going to happen. And like, we're not going to see them for like six more episodes. Yeah, like Rogue is horny. Storm has lightning. Storm has like two lines total in this episode. Gambit has cards. He's card guy. Cyclops shoots jizz off of people's faces. Gene <laughs> stands there. Like, I we, don't yeah, even... we don't even see her powers in this. And, like, her only power in this is her to be like, turn off like, the machine and then turn off to look and be like, don't you want this, pussy? And we're like, no, Gene, <laughs> oh stop. God. Yeah. Kudos to them because they did understand all the X Men are like ready for like a triple X orgy at all times. So. That's a good point. I mean, overall, I was pretty impressed by the episode. I, I was impressed by both episodes. We'll, we'll talk about the next one on, on next week's episode but it's pretty fun i would say i recommend watching them just I out, do too. out of the gate I, I, I would recommend watching these i enjoyed them um so i guess we should talk about who's gay the Okay, so obviously Beast it's Beast and Logan, but like you could Spider-Man also make the argument too, that Spider Man is finding out that he's gay. Well, well I don't know. They still have that he's queer and like. I sort think of that he's bisexual that. in the comic book. So and they have been. I really do because of the whole Deadpool Spider Man I mean, thing that's been going on for like twenty every years. Character. Like you and I just think everyone is. Spider Man's one of those characters that like I know a lot of people also think that he's bisexual because they keep pairing. This. I'm a, yeah, I'm but they keep pairing him with like Deadpool and shit like that. And we know Deadpool right. wants to fuck him and. Peter Parker's like curious about uh, it. Wait, wait, do you remember that whole period of time where Peter Parker lived with like Johnny Storm together and they just walked around naked all the time? Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't know. I haven't read those, but maybe I should check them out. Johnny Storm's another one who's like he does the Ice Man thing. It's like it's like girls are so hot, and we're like, okay, 
but you're like also on fire and you're naked all the time and you're hanging out with like your friends that are dudes and you guys just don't wear clothes so yeah so i don't know i mean sometimes that's just what life is like i guess i don't know i've never been a straight man i don't know what it's like maybe straight men constantly hang out without their clothes on i don't don't think they do i don't think that's a thing but also like marvel and dc universe are both like Oh, we're not going to out anybody, but we're going to have but all our writers write everyone. Right, yeah, Ugh. with every single character. And we're yeah. like, okay. Just fucking out them already. Comic books are bisexual or all, pansexual. Every single comic book character is queer. And that's canon, obviously. That's just yes. our canon. Okay, but there we go. on this episode specifically, I really liked Beast and Logan. And I'm going to really like them in the two-parter, too. Because we've already watched it, so we already know. No, I like, yeah, I was going to say part two is, like, way I better. I love them. But I love them all the way through. I liked all their scenes in this episode, too. I liked all the set up with them yeah me too and i also am really into like hobgoblin and landon's weird on and off relationship <laughs> are you joking right now Fuck yes off. Okay. i thought you were serious for a second i was like jesus what? i also love that like landon's giving kingpin a blowjob and what the fuck yeah and you know what kingpin and smythe are dating because like yeah why everyone's not? just dating why not sure it's our Wait, show but also there's moments okay but the argue moments that we didn't mention were like when Spider-Man shows up and like all the X-Men are horny for him, including like Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. And like Cyclops. I don't know. Everybody's like leaping on top of Spider-Man. Like I sure. know, like, Wolverine finally gets a chance to do his like gay wrestling on the ground with Spider-Man when there's a groaning and like thrusting against each other. Yeah. I don't know that Xavier is gay. I feel like Xavier is the only person in that scene who's like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, why <laughs> Which is, is everybody funny we're doing like, this? I know. It's a different version from Xavier where we're kind of like, okay, isn't that bad here? Yeah, he's actually like pretty kind. I mean, I feel like he's the ideal version of Xavier in this scene where he, where yeah, I would agree. he comes in and he's basically like, listen, I'm not about all the self-hating bullshit here. Like, if you're going to come here, you got to be proud to be me and you got to be going with it. I'll help you navigate it safely and I'm going to make sure you're safe and, and happy but like we're not gonna fucking shit on mutants in this house and spider-man's like fine then i'm leaving and it's like and oh professor my god i was like well here maybe i can help you just put your head down over here and i'm just gonna go inside <laughs> your brain a little bit and kind of move some things around <laughs> okay luckily that doesn't happen no um all right so that's who's gay uh i guess we did it we did for now and you'll have to stay tuned for part two of this amazing Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man and the X-Men. By the way, I think this show did this episode, did this crossover, because at the time, I remember they were doing a bunch of X-Men, Spider-Man crossovers, both in the comic books, but they also made all those video games at the time that were just like... Oh, yeah. Spider-Man and Wolverine were really popular together, too. Like, people loved both those characters, so... Hold on, I'm looking this up because now I want to remember the arcade's revenge when did that come out that came out in 1992 so that was actually like three years before so that was a few years before this show even aired okay yeah so i think they were just kind of like in that zone of the 90s where the spider-man and x-men got crossed over a bunch so that makes sense anyway we gotta do plugs man here we go okay wolverine's butt plug its name is uh harry yeah it's a big blue butt plug and it's called beast because it's beast size i bet i bet beast has a monster penis honestly he probably does he probably does that's why it's called beast (laughs) (laughs) so we have social media um oh they're gonna say we we have social problems (laughs) we have social problems and we have social media and our social media is the mutant ages everywhere the eye can see and we're also individually on a lot of platforms i'm at Mitty myers on instagram and twitter i'm at ryan pagella on twitter and i'm at ryan.pagella on instagram and you can follow my adventures on my youtube channel which is just ryan pagella but you can also go to the mutant ages channel on youtube yes. where we have us playing every <laughs> x-men game in history in the history of mankind yes. and also we do other things we do like parody videos we dress up as the x-men sometimes sometimes we read our old fictions and sometimes we pair up this show with the cartoons to just give you little clips yeah like edited together so that those characters say our stupid shit yeah and sometimes i do just stupid silly shit on there where i'm like what if we did x-men 3 but with a final fantasy yeah. 8 opening and everyone's like ryan how do you come up with these things we'll just blame todd and ryan together it's when you put todd and ryan in the same room we just come up with like stupid ideas mm-hmm, anyway mm-hmm. the countdown to wolverine origins begins today by the way it does it does you. so i like we're, i, we're I went out of my way to it. prevent this from happening but it was uh, you know it's what, still man? happening it's fucking coming but we're, we'll talk about that on the next episode because that is what is coming after that so if you go to the mutantages.com and you check out that right hand panel you're going to find a whole bunch of links to everything we just mentioned as well as um 
um, a Discord channel that you can check out, talk to other Mutant Ages fans about X-Men stuff, other fun stuff. You can find our email address, which is themutantages at gmail.com and send us some some Lister mail. You can call our voicemail, leave us a, a voicemail message at 1-508-319-1668. And guess what else we have? Physical mail. P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760, baby. Uh, what else was I going to say? Well, uh, we can talk about the Patreon. We have a Patreon? That's actually... Okay, so here's the thing. Patreon's really important right now, everyone. So I know that it, it, we're all going through like terrible times right now because of the pandemic, and it just keeps on getting, getting harder worse, every day. Honestly, um, it's, it's not getting better. I'm, it's getting worse. I'm still not working. I can't go to any of my jobs fields right now because they're not hiring. <laughs> yeah. I uh, mean, a lot of stuff that Ryan used to do was like event managing stuff, marketing stuff, being photography, outside, photography. Yeah, like being outside, being near people, dealing with that. So yeah, I was like, so okay. It's really just this podcasting is, is the main career field that I believe is happening right now. Uh, online content, creating online content. Right. And so it's really important I mean, like, if you can't support a, a Patreon right now because you are in your own financial uh, problems right now, that's fine. I'm not yeah, asking anybody fine. to do that because, like, I understand I'm there, too. But if you have anything to donate, that'd be great. It helps us out because yeah, we're a completely fan-supported show. It helps us out, like, financially, but also helps to keep the show going. And I just gave this speech the other day on my uh, vlog, but, you know, I said I was promoting my personal Patreon. But then I was kind of like, listen, if you are consuming media right now, especially by online content creators, whether it's like a podcast or a YouTube show. And I know y'all watch YouTube. If there's some, <laughs> if there's people in there that you are constantly going and following their accounts for, if they have a, like a donation platform of their choice, you know, consider donating to them, even if it's like a little, if it's like a buck or like five bucks a month or something, because mm-hmm. or like a lot of Patreon these creators only, you can, you can back it $1 a month if you yeah, want you to. Can. And you get, you do get fun rewards. So those things, but even if like, by doing that, the more people that can do that, it helps these people who are creating this content for for you to continue creating content. Because a lot of them don't have jobs outside of this. A lot of them are in my position where they're like, because we're you know like Maddie's very lucky in the sense that she still has a journalism job, right? Right. But like those are most people hard don't. To come by. My, yeah. my experience is very unusual. Most people are out of work and really fucked. So I'm yeah. trying to use my money to donate to more causes that i care about and more artists and creators and i know that some of you listening out there do have some disposable income right now and we appreciate it so much if you're able to share it with us mostly for ryan's sake <laughs> <laughs> well I, i'm not i'm not sitting here begging either i'm saying like we in just general, appreciate it yeah it's not so much an ask as just an expression yeah, of our exactly. appreciation and as i said content creators will keep on making content regardless of what happens so including like including us yeah, we, and we love doing anywhere. this show. And our top tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on this show. And that includes Soren B, Samuel B, Ian C, and Zach S. Yay! Thank you for being supporters. And, you know, also, if you can't, you know, contribute in that way, that's totally fine. Don't feel like you have to do that. But you can help us out by going on to iTunes or whatever you use, whatever platform yeah, you use. Yeah, Facebook also has right. a rating system as well. And you can write a review. You can give us a, a star rating. That really helps our visibility. Or if you don't want to do that, maybe you're just too shy to write a whole review, you could just share it on your personal social media and just be like, yeah, hey, I like perfect. the show. And that yep. is great, too. All of those things help us out a lot. More people listening to the show, more people supporting the show. That helps us so much. And we love all of you very much. So, yes, we do. Thank you. So thank you. I think that's everything. I hope we hit it all. We did it all. What about my date with Wolverine? Oh, wait, actually, right now, Wolverine's mad at me because he found out that I was fucking Cable recently. Uh-oh. Wow, that's a lot of drama for you to deal with and not yep, me. Yeah, it sure is. And meanwhile, Bobby's like, are we getting buried or what? <laughs> okay, we'll see you next time. See you next time. <laughs> the 